I gave the order. It was my responsibility. I pulled the trigger. That's mine. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is Jason. And Red. And this is a podcast about sci-fi from a couple guys who think they know about sci-fi. Yeah, we do. Right Right now we are discussing uh, the reboot of Battlestar Galactica. And today we start on episode one of season one. But first I wanted to ask you, have you, uh, have you seen the new Black Panther movie yet? No, not yet. Oh, it's great. You really need to go see it. Uh, it's it's one of those movies that uh, even for a superhero movie it just it's doesn't have any it doesn't have any real slow spots. Oh, that's good. So I know that you recently saw finally uh Thor Ragnarok. I did. What did you think good. about that? It was good. I liked it. It was a little campy for me, but I liked it. Campy how? Uh, just a lot of comic relief. There wasn't, in my opinion, a defined good versus evil type thing going on. There was definitely some challenges. Um, beautifully done. Well made. Oh, the visuals um, on it were fantastic. I love these bright good. primary very colors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, not too big a fan of... Uh, no, are, are we allowed to do spoilers on this one? I mean, it is on DVD now. Uh, that is true. It is on DVD now. Uh, Should that we'll be our just, rule? If it's been I'd, more than a week since DVD, we can we can talk. Well, we'll just say spoiler alerts. Um, if you if you uh, haven't seen the movie yet, you might want to pause or jump. I didn't ahead think I'd ever see Thor so. in a teddy. I mean, really, the, he pulled it off. I was totally shocked about him being in a teddy. It was amazing. I didn't know he could sing I'm a Little Princess quite so well. But he's he's a man of multiple talents. He is. He absolutely is. Of course, that's the director's cut. Truth, right true now, story. there's a bunch of people going, holy shit, director's cut? I got to go back and look at that. Thor's in a teddy? <laughs> yeah, he's in a teddy, you sick bastards. Now, if you do, if you get the chance, though, definitely go see Black Panther. It's it's one of those movies that oh, the I pace, the, the the pacing is is really good. The the visuals are are fantastic. The action is really good, and the acting is top notch. So I'm looking forward to. I've gotten to where I buy a lot of things on uh, digital now, so it's just you know up in the cloud. I like that. So. Yeah, it does make it convenient. Get to watch it anywhere you have a, a right. device that'll. Oh, well, no, I'm not that modern. I still watch them at home. I'm not going to... To me, watching something on a phone is just silly. I don't know. You get stuck in an airport and a phone is a... Is a well, I still to watch think air on. travel's a fad. I mean, come on. Probably not going to last more than another couple it's of like years. It's like the internet. You know, this is just a fad. <laughs> right. But no, I'm looking forward to getting it. I just recently purchased, like I was telling you earlier, I got the the two latest Star Wars movies. I finally watched those. Um, 
I'm I am a hardcore canon from the original films and from the books that were approved originally to be put out as canon. And since Disney's taken over, there's been a complete usurping of all that is holy. It wasn't a complete usurping. They just cleaned some things up so they can... Clean some things up. All right, now you are alluding that something needed to be cleaned. My God. There was nothing you... wrong with They had volumes, volumes oh, on the original God. canon just to keep it straight for the extended universe. It was ridiculous. And for those of us without a life that are a bibliophile, that we enjoyed that. Yeah, but, I mean, it, was, it had more contradictions than the Bible. Well, it, don't even get me started on that work of fiction. But no, I see what you're saying. I do, I do, and I'm very happy that everybody liked it. Um, my my stance is the best Star Wars movie to come out since Jedi has been Rogue One. I thought that was great. That was a good I movie. It was good, but you know, they're gonna do what they want to do. You know, but uh, no, I I thought that uh, the change in canon. You know, it's just a sad thing, but you know. I'm also getting gray, so things happen. Not that they changed canon, it's just they refreshed it. Refreshed. Think of it as, a, as looking at it through a new lens. You know, while we're at it, we should go ahead and get rid of that pile of junk called the Parthenon and put in a Motel 6 or something. They can leave the light on for us. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. But anyway. So yeah, I have been getting caught up on some of the more contemporary sci-fi, and it's 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 been good. I enjoy the action in the, these new movies. I'm looking forward to the new Deadpool when it comes out. Yes, very much looking forward to that. Have you heard whether or not they're going to bring Bishop into Deadpool, the character? I, I don't know about in Bishop. Cable. Yeah, they're bringing in Cable. I think there's rumors that Bishop may be in it from some screenshots that they released like a month or two ago. As um, I understand it, Bishop came along first, and then Cable came back to get Bishop in line. So yeah, I don't know if they were changing things up for that, too, because, hey, it's the movies. It needs to be cleaned up. Not sure. I know Domino's in it. I know Cable's in it. I know they brought back, or they did some reshooting for another character that they're bringing into it, and I don't know that I know that I've read what character that is. So Right. Well, I just hope uh, it they might keep be it a hard R. Oh, yeah. It's definitely going to be a hard R. It's a, it's a Deadpool movie. And with the success that they had on the first Deadpool movie, they're not going to back away from that. I hope not. Yeah, looking I forward to Deadpool. Not. Looking forward to uh, the first Infinity's War, or Infinity War. I think it'll be good. And I enjoyed Justice League. I thought that was good. I thought Justice League was okay. It wasn't, I know you did. It wasn't too bad. I mean, it was... The the CGI could have been a lot better. Um, right. I think the, the plot and it going through two different directors really hurt it a lot. Uh, could have had a little more backstory on, on some of the ancillary characters like Cyborg and The Flash and Aquaman. Yeah. Could have developed those a little more. Um, it just oh, it seemed well. Muddled. And I was told by the by the by the women in my life that uh, they also needed more topless scenes with Aquaman. Uh, yeah, I'm. Yeah. Apparently, that was faux pas. 
Jason Momoa isn't isn't hard to look at now. Yeah, they they were fond of him, but um, now didn't I hear that The Rock is going to be playing uh, in the Captain Marvel movie? Uh, yeah, he's I think he's be playing, playing Black Adam. Black Adam, right? Now that'll be good. I can yeah. definitely see him doing Black Adam. If they make that movie, I don't. I'm still not convinced they're making that movie, but. But I wonder who they get to play Captain Marvel. That's a good question. I mean, what kid they're going to get to play? You know, the kid. Can't even remember that character's name. But no, that'll be interesting. That would be interesting. I've I've often thought that Captain Marvel was better than Superman. How so? Well, I mean, he's got all the abilities of Superman, plus he's magic. He's like Superman meets Doctor Strange, so. Is he as strong and as fast as Superman? Yeah, they've, they've done several comics, uh, even a couple of cartoons, where they were going at it, and really what gave Superman the edge was just simply experience. So, which I think is kind of strange, because Captain Marvel's supposed to have the wisdom of Solomon. So you would think that he would be more than a match for the experience of, you know, what is it, uh, Kal-El is his name? Superman's right. name is Kal-El? So he should be more than enough, or at least on par, because now that I think about it, Kal-El was given all the knowledge of the fucking Kryptonian race. Right. He was in transit to this little spaceship we called Earth. But, um, yeah, I, I, I would just, because, you know, that's one of Superman's weaknesses, is he is, he's weak, you know, to uh, supernatural powers and kryptonite, so. You gotta do something to knock that god off his throne. I mean, he is just so damn strong. He is, and they've knocked him off his throne several times and keep bringing him back. Right, right. But, um. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to, if they ever do make that movie, that'll be great. But then again, you know, you're not too fond of the Star Trek reboots, and I am. Yeah, I think, no, I think I'm the not. Star Trek reboots are just fine. I think they've cast some great, great actors. I they am, have. I am so disappointed and saddened um, by the loss of the actor that played Chekhov. His name escapes me at the moment. Anton Yeltsin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a way to go. That is such a shame. He was just starting. I really enjoyed him in uh, Odd Thomas. was the first time I ever watched him in a movie. And he did such a good job in that. I just started, you know, fanboying him, following him around in his different films. What else has he made? And he's such, He was such a good actor. But I thought Odd Thomas, you know, I'll throw that out there. You should watch Odd Thomas if you haven't seen it yet. I think it's still available on Netflix. Yeah, I'll put it on the list. It's it's really good. It's kind of... Do you remember the movie uh, The Frighteners with Michael J. Fox? I do. Take The Frighteners and put a little more edge to it. Ooh, that sounds good. It was really, really a very well-made movie. He can he can see some uh, some supernatural creatures that uh, are, are there, but they're outside of most people's mental acuity. And... Um, as a result, he's one of the few that can actually go in and try and fight these things because they're drawn to uh, death and destruction and mayhem. 
And when you see one or two of these things, you know something really bad's going to happen. And the movie opens up real early. I'll just leave it at this. The movie opens up, he sees about 130 of them. Oh, crap. Yeah, that's kind of, that's pretty much what he says. That's pretty much what he says. And uh, they're kind of like jackals. They're not the most intelligent things in the world, but they're like wolves or jackals. I I would call them more like jackals uh, on their uh, behavior and whatnot. And it it leads the the viewer down an interesting journey for the film. It's it's a good show. It's a good show. I was kind of sad they didn't make a sequel. But he got so busy doing other things like, uh, you know, the Star Trek. But yeah, I, I, I thought he uh, he was a good scene stealer for sure. But yeah, I like the new Star Treks. They're fine. Yeah, but it's not to... like they had to go up much to defeat William Shatner's thespian abilities. But hey, uh, come on, Kirk is the best captain. Uh, yeah, you know we're not going to be able to get to the show if we go down that road. We're gonna... <laughs> we'll save that for another episode. That's going to have to be one for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Put that one on the books to be discussed at a later date. Who was the better captain? Oh my god. Nobody's ever talked about that on the internet. Yeah, probably not. It's yeah, this virgin territory. Well, what am I saying? Field There's no right such there. thing as virgin territory with Captain Kirk, right? <laughs> True point. Alright, so we've got the first episode of season one, Battlestar Galactica the reboot. Yes, good episode. It was a really good episode. thought you'd like it. So the opening scene, we see Gaius is sleeping. Everybody around him and on the Galactica is looking really haggard. Um, And what you find out is that the Cylons show up to attack about every 33 minutes, and the fleet has to jump to escape. Mm -hmm. So everybody's on edge. Some of the civilian ships just can't take this constant faster-than-light jumping. Their computers are not keeping up. They're having to reboot them. Their crews are exhausted. And you find out that this has been going on for about five days. So most of yeah, the crews I think the on episode these... Op- yeah, I think the episode opens up with them 128 hours without sleep. Yeah, so most of these crews have been going for five days without sleep. Adama is snapping at Ty. Apollo is visibly weary. Uh, you see Boomer. She's snapping at her Rio and the Chief. Um, it pans over. You see a, a, there's an entire corridor with pictures of the missing people that other people, the survivors, are looking for. Uh, and then you get a scene where Rosalind's asking a, for a survivor count, and they write up on this, this board... Uh, a number, it's 49,000 something. So there's a little under 50,000 people that have survived that are carrying on the mantle of man or of colonies of man. And I was disappointed. You know how they have the old and the new blended? Yeah. So much, you know, especially regarding, you know, technology. Right. I really thought a chalkboard would have been more appropriate than a whiteboard. A chalkboard? Nobody uses chalkboards now. God, yes, they need to, though. I miss chalkboards. Really? You miss that dust? I do, because the smell of the markers gives me a headache. Well, stop putting them up your nose. If they weren't supposed to go there, they wouldn't fit. Uh, yeah, I can't. 
I can't argue that logic. So <laughs> no, but I just thought it would be it would have been an even greater contrast if there had been just like a little easel or something that could be knocked over, or just an old primitive chalkboard that maybe would get damaged and fall down and break, and then they put that broken board back up on the wall after a battle or something. You see where I'm going? I just thought it would have been yet another throwback. Well, they use enough whiteboards and grease boards as it is, and they're supposed to be this super modern technology with fast right. and light travel. Sure. I sure. mean, they could go all the it, way back to spinning I, wheels, I guess. I just would have thrown a chalkboard in there for the fuck of it. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's do a little homage to the 19th century. I also thought it would have been cool to see them writing with pencils sans the eraser. Sands the eraser? Why? Uh, well, a lot of drafters do that because they need as much pencil as possible when they're when they're doing their back in the day when they would hand grind out the tips to the pencils, and they had uh, large handheld separate erasers. Right. I just thought that would have been something cool. Also, just seeing that right next to you know a microprocessor, I just think is cool. You know, it'd be like somebody jotting down notes with a quill inside a holodeck. So you want be... steampunk Battlestar Galactica? Well, not not totally steampunk, but I think a few references back to it would have been kind of neat. Because they had already kind of started down that path. I just think it would have been neat if they took a few extra steps. Right. We get a scene with guys who is discussing with Imaginary 6 about having kids. We're still in disagreement on the Imaginary. She's Imaginary. She's in her his head. She's in a different form, but I don't know that she's imaginary. I think she's. I think he's linked into a consciousness. I think she's in his head. Okay. <laughs> um, Gaius overhears the president talking with her aide about uh, a Dr. Emirate who wants to speak with her about the Cylon attack and how they were able to defeat the colony defenses. Of course, this puts Gaius on edge because he knows exactly how they were able to defeat the defenses. He helped program it with the uh, real six that he's now imagining. See how I circled mm -hmm. back on that? Mm -hmm. No, I caught that. Yeah, that's what. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so on the next scene, we see uh, Cylon occupy Caprica, and guess who's alive? It's our old Hilo. pal Hilo. Hilo. And he has booby traps. So he's he being does. chased by a couple of Cylons, and he ducks behind a log, and shortly thereafter up. ignites a, a booby trap that takes out both of those Cylons. Right. So we yep. cut to commercial, come back, um, and we see that exhaustion is starting to wear down Commander Adama, and he goes to take a 10-minute nap. Uh, Apollo and Starbuck are arguing over whether... She should use stems to fly. Of course, she is arguing that she should. Is there shouldn't. any other way? <laughs> I guess. Uh, I guess. I mean, I think that's how United does it. You know. Maybe I don't know. Um, Starbuck gets authoritarian on Apollo. Starts mocking his CAG skills, and then they, of course, they both crack up and and have a laugh because neither one of them are are being serious at that point. We should cut out United and put in Pan Am. They can't sue. That's right. Uh, back on Caprica, we see Hilo is uh, taking his no-glow shot. Uh, apparently there's some radiation in the air from all of the nuclear explosions on Caprica. 
Well, that's I... because they were using communist weapons, American nuclear weapons. Not an issue. Right. Radiation, radiation free is good for you and he didn't need to have that all he needed was a good public school issued desk to duck he and cover sheltered under. himself right. yep hurt the turtle baby well and a, and a blanket don't forget the blanket well yeah duck and cover while he is taking his anti-radiation shot uh, he notices to his left there's a six in a white coat, and he stands up, points his gun at her, and realizes there's a toaster behind him that has a gun pointed at him. So Hilo is now captured. We yeah. jump back to the Galactica. It's getting attacked by the Cylons for the umpteenth time, and does yet another jump just as some missiles about to crack it open. Hmm. They get a status report after the jump, and it looks like they left a civilian ship behind. And the Olympic. That had, yeah, the Olympic carrier. And that had about 1,300 people on it. Nobody's sure what happens. Um, I do want to say that Commander Adama's beard grows faster than a werewolf's. He <laughs> shaved earlier, and I'm pretty sure it was like right after jump 237. And this right. is jump 238. And well, he's already, to... well, he's already in thirty-three minutes rocking long stubble. So, well, yeah. So it seems that Gaius <laughs> is the luckiest bastard alive. Uh, Doctor Emmert was on the carrier. Was on the Olympic carrier. So problem solved. Episodes over. The fleet's destroyed. Yay Cylons. Yay Cylon. No, no. Is so, that not what happens? No, that's not what happens. Oh. Yeah, so this time after the 33 minutes expired, Dratus doesn't light up with Cylons. So everybody's holding their breath, wondering, are they going to come? What's going on? I know we lost a ship, but, you know, is that what caused them not to chase us? Well, you know, it kind of depends. I mean, you know. Well, at this point, Commander Adama orders Condition 2 orders condition two and starts giving the crew members time to rest. Apollo, Starbuck, and Boomer are taking the first cap. Uh, Starbuck jokes that uh, Boomer is holding up so well without sleep is because the reason is is because she's a Cylon. And yeah, that's a shitty thing to say. It is. That was rude. Calling people Cylons just because they don't seem to be sleep deprived. I know, I know. Ty decides he's going to take a nap for a couple hours, and lo and behold, the Olympic carrier jumps into the system. Adam is not having any of that. He smells a rat and starts calling action stations, puts everybody up to condition one, and orders all the Vipers to be ready on the deck. Um, Gaius, who is having sexy times with the imaginary six in his head, uh, starts working out a way to fix the problem of the return ship by getting it destroyed. Well, but you also have to recall that Six made it very clear to him that God was yes. taking care of him. That's right. So and when, that when... reason the Olympic carrier and the doctor reappear was because God's going to teach him a lesson. 
That's right. He wasn't faithful enough. He didn't believe, and this is his punishment for questioning the actions of God. God. Yes. So, Boomer establishes comms with the Olympic carrier, and what they tell everybody is that their faster-than-light drives were down, and it took about three hours to fix. The odd thing is, is they said the Cylons broke off their attack after the rest of the ships jumped, and they were able to make their repairs and catch up to the rest of the fleet. Mm-hmm. Well, Gaius is having none of that. So Gaius throws a fit, says the ship has Cylon agents on board, and that all further communications should be ended. Uh, Adama then agrees. President Roslin and Adama both agree, and Boomer is ordered to jam all of the Olympic ship's signals. So at that point, the uh, Olympic carrier starts heading towards the rest of the fleet. She starts a burn and is is making a beeline. She almost hits the raptor that that Boomer. Yeah, flies. they they order the ship to hold position and they disregard and they just continue moving through. And then lo and behold, what does Boomer detect? Yeah, so the the ship starts to glow with radiation. Uh, both the Galactica and Boomer ship detects the radiation. Commander Adama said, uh, notifies Rosalind that the ship needs to be destroyed. She agrees. He gives the order, and Starbuck and Apollo uh, back off towards the aft of the ship and light it up. Now, that's not without serious reservations. Both of them kind of hesitate. Uh, Starbuck really doesn't want to do it. She's she's almost... She's high. She's well, weak. Yeah. So she's all... high. So being high and being weak are two different things. She's high and weak. High and weak. And weak. It's just another target. Take it out. She argues, but eventually she does fire after Apollo opens fire. Yeah. Can't even take the initiative on her own. She's got to be a follower. Um, Right as this happens, uh, the Cylons jump into the system after 30 and it was 33 minutes after the olympic carrier had jumped in mm-hmm. and so the galactica and its fleet starts jumping out we then cut to hilo who's in the forest and has a bag on his head i don't think he's that bad of a looking guy but if, if they think <laughs> that he needs a bag on his head then who am i to argue but you know hey you know in the dark it all it all feels good so so White Jacket 6 takes off the bag and asks if he's alive, kind of like a, the first episode of the miniseries. She asks the same mm-hmm. question, are you alive? Mm-hmm. And then gives him a really, really friendly kiss. Well, you know, 6 is great. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Let me, let me back up there. So White Jacket 6 takes off the bag, asks if he's alive, and then he starts to give his name, rank, and serial number. She says, no, no, no. I know who you are. I'm a friend. And then gives him a really, really friendly kiss. So this must have sparked some sort of jealous rage in what seems to be Boomer because it pans over and there's Sharon uh, with a gun. I know. And she shoots six in the back. And rescues Hilo and runs off into the forest. And as they run off into the forest together, there's another white jacket six with a, a toaster next to him. And they watch right. them do their Jack and Jill, or I'm sorry, Hansel and Gretel uh, yeah. 
reenactment. Back in the flight briefing room, Apollo is updating the duty board, and Commander Adama comes and comforts him. Uh, they both take responsibility for the Olympic carrier destruction. Adama says, I gave the order. I don't order. see why they did that, because they were following orders. Well, I mean, Adama wasn't really following orders. He got authorization, but it was pretty much his idea. Right. But and still. He was the one that ordered Apollo to do it. But Apollo said, you know, I pulled the trigger. That's something I have to live with. So. Yeah, we got to keep him a tortured soul. Right. And we end the episode with Rosalind being told there was a baby born, and, and she updates the headcount board. So it's 49,000 some odd people. Or I'm sorry, no, it's 47,000 at this point because of the 1,300 that they lost with the Olympic carrier. So it's 47,000 something plus one. Sounds and that's where good. we ended. Yeah. But there was, there was something in the episode that I thought was rather interesting. It seems like the Cylon are both through, uh, as you like to refer to her, imaginary six. And uh, the humans, it's almost as if there are certain, there's a desire within the Cylon to seek the approval of man for the Cylon's attempted destruction of man. I'm not really clear why they would need that, but that's how it struck me. I don't know. Maybe they have, like, mommy and daddy issues. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking, actually. Like they're trying to... They're, they're seeking approval by right, acting justification. out? I don't right. know. But it's like, you know, it's definitely a child and parent issue. You know, there's, there's some interesting dynamics being developed. They seek to destroy humanity, but at the same time, they're emulating humanity. They're trying to understand human emotion. They're attempting to justify their actions through their humanity. They're even adopting a, a religion. And it just seems like it is very non-machine, non-logical. I would say it's a flaw within Cylon. Well, you're they assuming that be... Cylons are purely logical beings, but even even well, in the episode when we see Imaginary Six talking to Gaius, and she says that you know Doctor Emmerich posed a threat, and therefore his ship got destroyed. Logic would dictate that you know that was a cause and effect type situation which is a, a logical fallacy sure but yeah i just think i think that's something we're probably going to see throughout the remainder of the series is there's going to be a conflict within the cylon to be you know machine or man yeah i'm not convinced that the human-like cylons are purely logical beings and and, and we we've seen that already that right whether the emotions that they express are real or not, mm -hmm. they are expressing emotions and at least acting illogically at moments. Well, and the question is, how long do you pretend to be something before you become that which you pretend to be? I guess it would depend on... Uh, I guess it would depend on how deep the 
programming goes. I mean, are they just programmed to emulate emotion or are they actually experiencing real emotion? Exactly. Or do they start experiencing real emotion by pretending to do so? And then what is real emotion? I mean, is it simply you, you start buying into your own act? There's a, a movie uh, with Nick Nolte called Mother Night. And uh, long story short, and, uh, it's another one I would recommend people watch. Uh, he plays an American living in Nazi Germany. And he is a radio broadcaster, very popular. And he decides to stay in Nazi Germany when his uh, mother and father leave. And he ends up working for Goebbels in propaganda. And in well, the yeah, preview, in the he trailer... Was working, it, he was working with the OCC. Well, but originally he was not. He was approached and he was going to work for them. And then he was approached by John Goodman's character, his blue fairy godmother, to say, we want you to work for us. And you'll, you know, do certain things on the radio, clear your throat, cough, sneeze, whatever. And that'll have a certain meaning that somebody else will jot down and we'll use that to get information smuggled out of Nazi Germany to the allies. But the question was, how long do you pretend to be something before you actually become what you're pretending? So his character, one of the main issues was he's pretending to be a Nazi. And did he actually become a Nazi, even though he was a double agent. I mean, a lot of times I would think, you know, law enforcement have to question that too when they're undercover. How long do you pretend to be a gangster before you actually realize you are that which you've pretended to be, no matter how noble the original cause? So I wonder if that's not something that we should uh, kind of keep an eye on with the development of the Cylon, especially the, you know, the skin jobs human versions, I guess you'd call them androids, because they are, in fact, doing that as well. Right. Oh, I, yeah. So what would you say the theme of the episode is? What would you say they're, they're trying to pull across? Uh, I think they're still uh, establishing uh, a baseline for the characters, and I also think that they're uh, wanting to start a reveal because we're going to to start i think seeing a greater dynamic develop between gaius and the cylon imaginary it's, six yes so yeah i mean i think it's something that could definitely uh be worth paying attention to i don't want to say any more because that would start leading into the next episode I'm operating on the presumption that there are some people that are watching each episode as we discuss it. I don't want to get ahead. True. Yeah, that we, we definitely got some insight on a lot of Gaius. Um, I don't know if it was a sleep deprivation that's slowly driving him mad or if it's Imaginary 6 or what, but he's definitely walking down the path of madness. Uh, we got some... Uh, we got some good insight on the Boomer and, or I'm sorry, Apollo and Starbuck dynamic. Uh, we got a little bit of insight on Boomer and how she kind of works and operates. Mm -hmm. um, she's definitely missing Hilo. Uh, you can definitely sense that off of her from her snapping at her brand new uh, CO. Uh, really, I mean, that was 
those were the characters that I saw that it really concentrated on. We're reintroduced to, to Hilo. Uh, we see that he's alive, so it's only a matter of time, I'm sure, before they bring him back. Right. Uh, we get some foreshadowing that Boomer is indeed a Cylon. Of course, we saw that in uh, the second episode of the miniseries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. So now we got three Cylon models confirmed. That's you right. The guy yeah. on the, you got the guy on the munitions station. I was trying to remember Boomer. if they showed a, another one. No, we've got four. We've got oh, that's six. right, because when they came in to talk to him at the station, yeah, there were some others that came through, and we'll see glimpses of them on the fleet. Yeah, so we've got the guy that they originally found on the station that Adama fought. We got the guy who they suspected was on the Galactica as a Cylon that Gaius tried to... Gaius sure is getting lucky on identifying Cylon shit. He's not lucky. He is the chosen of God. He is not. I th I think it's his subconscious working out. No. Logically, no. No. Yeah. I'm th you're I think... calling you're calling the Messiah a narcissist. Come on. No. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, imaginary six is basically his kind of Cylon filter. Think so. The way he th sees things as a Cylon in order to, to pick up Are you what alluding doing. to the fact that you think he himself could be a Cylon? I don't know. It's possible. Oh, dear. Getting a bit sketchy. I don't, eh, I don't know that he's a Cylon. Yeah, I couldn't make that call this early in the season. But we do see the, the guy that he originally... That he originally accused of being a Cylon, who actually was a Cylon. Right. And then we see the, the Boomer and the six models. Mm. So we, we have four confirmed Cylons at this point. And there's 12 models, right? Yeah. There are 12. So we have one-third identified. And how many colony planets were there? Uh, there were 13. Well, if you include Earth. Right. So, but there were there were thirteen tribes, so each tribe has a colony planet. Right, and it's the just one of the tribe. Right, but the, the, of the original colony worlds that the Cylons attacked, there were there were twelve. Twelve, right? Yeah, and there are twelve Cylon models. Yep. So and there you go. I'm thinking that six is definitely a Scorpio. <laughs> Why? Oh, that's the sexiest sign there is, baby. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Oh, yeah. I once read a thing on the internet, so you know it's true. That, oh, uh, yeah, if it's on the internet, it has to be true. Different parts of the body are ruled by different constellations, and that the genitalia are controlled by the Scorpio. And she's a freak. she got a glowy spine. That's true, she does. She's a freak. But yeah, they're even emulating, you know, coming up with 12 colonies of men and they make 12 Cylon models. I mean, they're definitely trying to get mommy and daddy's approval while they hack mommy and daddy to pieces. It's a very interesting dynamic. Actually becoming what they're seeking to destroy. All right. So what are we looking at for the next episode? Gonna be well, season there's... one, episode two. 
Yes, um, there's going to be a lot of increase in the uh, development between Boomer and Hilo. And you're going to start getting an idea about a plan that the Cylons have and why they are allowing the Cylon Boomer to get closer to Hilo. You also start seeing some hints at a division in thought between the Cylon models. Ooh. Some think that what uh, Boomer is trying to accomplish is awesome, and others think that it's a complete waste of time. Well, Season 1, Episode 2 is titled Water, so it should be a wet episode. It should be. It should be a very moist episode. Things are always better when they're wet. But um, the, uh, the issue I have, though, is you, you're not allowed in this next episode to start getting too sciencey on us. And okay. complaining about the manufacture and or production of said substance known as water. Okay. Is it just that bad? It's 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 pretty bad. I'll um I'll see about suspending the belief. There you go, just a little bit. Just a little bit. I mean, how tough would it be for a ship like the Galactica to produce water? Uh, I guess it would depend on the materials they had available. I I wouldn't imagine it's too hard. Well, like fusion reactor? <laughs> yeah, they they should be able to do that pretty easily. There you go. And we'll leave it at that. Okay, well. <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing the rant prior to the episode being recorded. <laughs> um, you yeah, might even it's... need to record some of that rant. Yeah, if it's too bad, then I'm going to have to talk about it. Sorry. There you go. All right. Well, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, next time, we will discuss Season 1, Episode 2, Water. Hopefully, it won't be uh, too bad. This has That'll been... be a real quencher. <laughs> yeah. This has been Smoking and Drinking in Space. I am Jason. I am Brad. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Be well. Be well.